The Nerd Eternal Podcast Network presents... Hi, welcome to today's episode of We're Too Old For This. I'm your host, CDL113, and with me today is... The Todd Father. And the experience that some call Jason. Today, we're going to be discussing RPG games and what got us into them, how long we've been playing... And how much fun they are. Alright, Jason, the experience. And some that call him that. What got you into them? <laughs> I really should have gone with a simpler name. What got me into them? Oh, partly the Dungeon Dragons cartoon. Let's see, Dungeon Dragons cartoon. When I was pretty young, my mother liked going to yard sales, garage sales, that sort of thing. And I remember running across, I think it was this first edition... Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. It looked neat. I, it was a buck or two. I grabbed it. Reading through it, it looked interesting. You know, you had pictures. You had the knights. You had, you know, your, your typical fantasy the monsters artwork. and all the yeah. You know, the spells and all that. When I was little, I'd run around the pasture using that as my spell book. Around that same time, anytime we'd spend the night at my grandmother's, my uh, uncle, my dad's youngest brother, who was a gamer. He had left a, he had left some of his D and D stuff, but he left a lot of his Rune Quest, which was a uh, Avalon Hill did it. I think Chaosium owns the rights to the game now, and it was another one that had you know it had an entire book just full of monsters with a little you know a paragraph or two kind of detailing them. Always looked neat, but you know never got a chance to play it. Living out in the boonies, yeah, never got a chance to play it. Not until I was not until I was driving basically. Then Milton Bradley did a board game called Hero Quest. Games Workshop, I think, was the company that kind of made kind of made it for them because it used a lot of their Warhammer Fantasy miniatures. And, you know, you had the, you had a bunch of plastic miniatures. You had a board that was kind of the dungeon map. It was really kind of a Dungeons & Dragons light sort of thing. I've seen commercials for that. I wanted it, but I never mentioned it to my parents. Somehow I wound up getting it for Christmas anyway. Yay! Oh, oh, I was excited about it. I was really excited about it. And then me and a couple of my buddies from church, the Brooks Brothers, you know, every few weeks... You know, I'd spend the night over there, they'd spend the night over over at our spot, and, you know, we would play that thing. Just nerd from, out. Go, oh, oh, it was all night sessions. And uh, and consequently, they were part of my one of my first regular D&D groups, too. It was them and a couple other folks. All of us going to the same church, so, you know, my first D&D group was basically a church group. <laughs> <clears throat> kind of an oxymoron, considering everything. At the time, it was still a lot, but it was kind of after that stuff in the 70s and early 80s had kind of blown over. See, I, I lived through that. So, yes, yes, I know. All right, Todd Father, how about yourself? Oh, I got into gaming with y'all. I was 25 before I played my first RPG. There at the shop, playing uh, Marvel. Was it Marvel or Aberrant that you started with? Started with Marvel. Okay. Marvel was the Saturday game. Okay, okay. That was the first. They were both superheroes. I knew that's how Eric had drug you in. Yeah, yeah. I I started with Marvel, and then uh, he invited me to. Uh, he said he was gonna get a Aberrant game running when the game came out. So that was the Tuesday night thing. Yeah, yeah. the Tuesday night group lasted. The Tuesday night group it bounced around days a little bit, but it lasted pretty good. Yeah, it didn't last like the Saturday group has lasted though. Yeah, the Saturday group has lasted being straight gaming, where the Tuesday night group. Let's be honest, we still all get together on Tuesday. There was a big gap between the, the gaming Tuesday group and this t- new TV Tuesday group, though. Yeah, 
spot. Remember we went to Hall Hell? We've done something on Tuesday. Yeah, we had to get. John was not involved ever in the Tuesday group. Well, yeah, but Patrick was. <laughs> so, so, host, what did you get? How did you get into it? Uh, my first foray into gaming, um, guy I went to church with, he got into D&D. And uh, he, he kind of lost it a little bit. It, this, Like I said, this was during the 70s. He just literally fell off the deep end. He got so obsessed with it that that's all he wanted to do. He, he let his schoolwork suffer. He let, I mean, this boy would rather game than eat, you know. And his parents just, you know, he was one of those kids that, you know, where the you know church was like, let's pray for him, you know. So my mom was just totally against any kind of gaming and, but my, my cousin, he had all the stuff. So if I went over and spent the night at my cousin's house, I could play. So and if mom asked you what y'all did, we were just playing. Yeah, we play, you know, just playing, we watch movies, because we did, we'd watch movies. And uh, it was a lie by omission, not a real lie. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, we I'd carry my action figures, we'd do that, and you know. And uh so it my parents went. We had a camper, and my parents we camped a lot. And uh, one of the couples that we camped with, they had kids, and uh, they brought some uh, uh, another group of kids. And uh, one of the boys he brought a Marvel superhero game, and same game that Todd got involved in. And it was my first experience with a superhero RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, done by what was it TSR at the time? Yeah, the same guys that were doing Dungeons and Dragons at the time. And mom saw us playing this game, and she come over thinking it was D and D. And I said, "No, mom, it's superheroes." And she saw the you know all the superhero stuff. She's like, "Oh, okay, well that's fine." Because you know I read comic book you know, comic books. Super, fine. Superhero, she was fine. Superhero, yeah, superhero, she was fine with. So she walks off. And you know, you know, I had no clue that you know they made a superhero game when this guy brought it, and I was like, "Oh, this is awesome! I gotta find me a copy." And he had got his in, I think, Nashville or Atlanta or something. If you didn't live in a big city back then, it was hard to find the stuff, and you, know, you had to ride in to get catalogs and the companies and stuff like that. Yeah, and because you know, back in in the you know late seventies and the even in the eighties. We didn't have internet access like people do today. Oh, yeah. Even in the ni- early 90s, you know, it wasn't like, I mean, when you had the cat scratch down and, dee, 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 you know, it took forever to, you know, get online and order stuff. So, uh, well, by the 90s, you had Books a Million that was carrying mostly just D&D, but they'd usually be a little smattering of other stuff, you know. Yeah. I got, you know, I bought my, bought my first uh, starter set of Battletech, which is a, uh, it's not an RPG. There is an RPG that goes along with it, but you know, it's a tabletop, you know, combat battle game with giant robots. Yeah. But, but sometimes, you know, sometimes finding a place that could order stuff, and then by the time you found a place that could order stuff, some of the stuff you would want would be, you know, out of print, mm-hmm. and you know, getting it ordered was like pulling teeth. You know, it's like, oh, they don't make that anymore. Sorry, sorry, sir, we can't get it. Or if we can get it, it's going to cost you twice as much. And it's yeah. like, well, geez, you know, I don't get that much allowance. You know? <laughs> so, I've oh. never bought an RPG game in my life. 
Uh, yes, you have. You're a liar. Uh, you have the Ghost Dog RPG. That is true. I forgot. And, and I do you have Ghost Dog. You, you bought it more as a source book to the movie, but and and you have the Mutants and Masterminds books, and you have an Aberrant book. I got those for presents. I buy those. <laughs> he owns them. But he's right. I don't, I don't think he bought it. <laughs> yeah, but he was right. I did. I forgot. I bought Ghost Dog with the Samurai. That's the only book I've ever bought. Okay. Well, I know you had the Mutants and Masterminds. Because I've seen you have it. Uh, okay. Uh, Todd, what has been your favorite game that you've ever played? Uh, probably the Wheel of Time game. Probably. And why is that? Uh, I got into the character. I, I think I fleshed him out a lot. And I created somebody that I like playing. I enjoyed playing people con man as. And out of the fantasy games we've played... That was the first time you played somebody that was just a brawler. Yep. A, That's the first time I played brawler. any kind of mage. So, yeah. And you made him a con man. Yeah. Early on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was sweet. Well, that's the trick with mages is they start out pathetically weak. So, <laughs> the guy had to live by his wits. All right. Jason? Favorite game ever? The Will of Time game was way up there. You did a really good job writing that one. And I'm a big fan of Robert Jordan books to begin with. So I'd probably have to go with that one. Now, I ran an Eberron game, which was another setting for D&D, uh, for, for a different group. That it, 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 it ran a good long time, and I had a lot of fun with it. And then there's been some of the superhero games we've played. That's, that's kind of my favorite genre, but I have a hard time picking out one particular game of that. That was just, you know, head and shoulders above the rest. Other than maybe that first campaign of Aberrant. And that's just for the horrific things we do to people in that game on accident. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah, that, is that cool. the one where y'all threw the undead Nazi or the uncle? No, no. Nazi? That's Call of Cthulhu. That's Call of Cthulhu. That's that's that was uh, Delta Green. Aberrant was superheroes that occasionally would veer into horror on accident. Yeah. Because we didn't know how lethal that game tended to be. So yeah. that was, Everett was the ice cream scoop, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had, something, you had something in the game called aggravated damage. It bypassed most defenses if they weren't specifically hardened against it. Well, we had a guy, the character's name was Inkblot. He did a little bit of darkness stuff. He wasn't flash fast, but he was real fast. You know, he, was, he was unnaturally fast, but not, the, not quite the flash. And he may have had some other kind of energy blast. Well, he had taken one, one point, point of disintegration. And he'd used it to, to make us, you know, make doors and walls. And, you know, he'd used it on inanimate objects. Well, there had been this guy that he'd run into the previous session. A club bastard. He was the one that kicked my brawler's ass. Well, they knew he was a superstar. We knew he was a super strong guy. And the and the guy running the game didn't tell us that he still looked a little injured. So we, we thought he was fresh coming at us again. So the guy playing Inkblot's like, well, you know, I got this disintegration. Let's see what it does to a person. His brother, who was running the game, <laughs> described it as though someone had taken an ice cream scoop and started right under the guy's nose and gone down to his waist. Yeah. <laughs> the players are sitting around the table looking at it in horror <laughs> as our characters are looking at it in horror. Well, we're, we were investigating this warehouse where the you know the bad guys had set up a lab and had been experimenting on people. So you had bodies laying around. <laughs> so we took his body and put it with the rest of them. 
and then call the police. Look what these six so and so's have been doing. Yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> but we weren't that lethal on purpose. We were trying to be four color hero. The the system and the setting. The, yeah. the setting was kind of lethal sometimes too. Lethal too. You know, you you had to be careful about how you built your characters to make them actually resistant. I was playing a uh, telepath telekinetic. You know, I sat down to build a standard Marvel style telepath telekinetic. Well, I was combat wise, I was one of the weaker guys early on. At one point, I'm in, we're investigating. I'm knocking on the suspect's door. He shoots me through the door with a shotgun. And it hurts me some because, like I said, my guy's not built real well. Well, he starts running down the steps, and I start down the other way, other way, and I go to blast him with my telekinesis. And I'm looking at how much damage I do. It's like, man, I'm only doing like, you know, 14 levels of damage, which against anybody with protective powers or any other superpowered guys wouldn't much at all. Well, I hit the guy, and then the GM reminds me that, uh, yeah, in this system, normal humans only have seven they have, yeah, they only have seven levels, and they don't have soap. Then Against they... lethal damage. My, mine was yeah. doing bashing. Mine was like yeah. punching a guy. So he had like the one soak. Well, if you do bashing damage, it's non-lethal. It just knocks people out. But once they're unconscious, any additional bashing starts becoming lethal as you move down that down the uh, health track again. Yeah, I looped the track <laughs> and was one shy of killing him with non-lethal damage. So I put a guy in a coma on accident. Is that the game y'all were talking about? Somebody read somebody's mind and broke somebody's legs or something? They did some attack? No, I don't recall that. Now, you had the one guy... Or maybe it was Eric that was telling me something like that. You had the one guy, Eric, playing a character called Magic Man that did... He could do illusions that felt solid. He had claws if somebody got it. He could pop claws if somebody got it close, but mostly he did use this illusion stuff. But he was not entirely sane. But he knew something was wrong with him, so he'd have Sigmund Freud following us around most of the time. Yeah, see. Uh, occasionally, it'd be Joe Friday if we were arresting somebody. Yeah, he, he interrogated. We were interrogating somebody one time, and Joe Friday shows up and starts questioning the guy. Magic Man was insane. Yeah. Magic Man, on occasion, would hand my character weapons to hit people with. <laughs> There. <laughs> well, he did that in one of the first sessions before we knew we knew about his character. Yeah. But yeah, that game. There were a lot so, of moments so in that did, game. Did that make his character the crazy one, or y'all's character the crazy? No, for sure it was his character. No, once we knew he was crazy, we we, we stopped using things he offered us. But yeah, that 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 group of heroes in air quotes. Yeah, we planted crack on people. <laughs> they were drug dealers. We knew they were drug dealers. And we were driving around with a car full of crack that we paid for with illusionary money. Yeah, you know. Your characters were. Yeah. yeah. Well, like, oh, yeah. But anyway, to get back to the point, that was that is probably one of my favorite superhero games just because of the sheer amount of oh crap moments and, and just memorable stories that came out of that one. Yeah. Where else were you going to have a hero that was formerly known as Ass Goblin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this character, the guy, Chewy, is, is the player's nickname. He wanted to do Magneto cross with the Smoking Man from X-Files. I don't know why. He was dragging his feet about naming the character. Dragging his feet about naming the character. And we kept pestering him about it and bugging him about it until finally he just snapped one time. I don't care if y'all call him Ass Goblin. <laughs> <laughs> so after he named the char- finally named the character Mr. Magnet, we would always introduce him as Mr. Magnet, the hero formerly known as Ass Goblin. 
And I would threaten to make a logo for him that involved two cartoon butt cheeks with the Green Goblin's head poking out. <laughs> I never did, but I threatened. <clears throat> friends. The only people that can do this kind of thing to you and still be friends. But, uh, <sighs> well, that's got me and uh, Todd Father here. What was your favorite game? Uh, as far as ones I've ran, Wheel of Time is is up there. It top, has to be top one or two. I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. We did a really good job with that one, and we had a huge group. Yeah, it, it, it fluctuated. There, there were times when we had 10 people around. I'm pretty team. sure we had 12 or 13 at least. Yeah, there, there were times. I mean, we had a core group of at least five to six people. At yeah, the core group. Time. The core group was was a little large for but a game. We would have people just, dude, man, there's this game. Oh, such so, 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 and they would bring friends in, and it would just people would just be sitting around watching us play, and they'd be like, "Can I play?" And you know, we'd hand them an NPC character, and they'd be getting into, and it would be like, I mean. The, the game shop we were playing at at the time would have other games going on, and they would hear us or see us playing. They would stop their game and come over and want to play our game. Yeah, and, thing was large. and for you to have that happen, you know you're doing something right as a GM. And I think, for me, that that was one of my first big steps into, into running a game. Well, you'd run Marvel. I'd run Marvel, but... But that was a game you were super familiar with. Yeah, Marvel I was super familiar with, and, and you know, superheroes, you know, Marvel characters, you know, I knew them backwards and forwards. But running a a fantasy game, that was my first time running anything like that. And so when I ran it, it you know, I'd been reading the, the Wheel of Time books, and uh, they were only into what book? Seven or eight at the time. They were yeah. They were halfway through. They were only halfway through. So I had to be careful about where I let you as players get to. So I started y'all off at level one, and I directed you. You know, I, I led y'all kind of on a small path toward where the original characters went, and then I veered y'all off into left field. On purpose, and I ran y'all all over the map, left and right, right and left. Occasionally, y'all would bump into a named character out of the book, but for the most part, y'all charted y'all's own path. And well, you have to do something like that in a sit in a in a established setting, or else you just get overshadowed. Yeah, you know, it's the problem with trying to run a game sometimes in like the DC universe or the Marvel universe. Yeah, if you're not careful, well, anything you do, the Avengers could. Easily show up and do it better, kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, what amazed me was some of the stuff that we did in our game later in some of the later books. I'm sitting there reading, holy crap, y'all did that. And, you know, it just. We had, you know, I know I had read the books, and at least a couple of the other players had read the books. So, you know, if you've been reading the books, that's really, some of that's just going to be us guessing. How things work based on yeah. the earlier books, or it, or else Jordan was spying on us one or the other. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I always thought, man, did, did somebody spy on us and send, you know sending messages to Jordan? I'm like, good gracious! But uh, yeah, just 
for the sheer, you know, fun of it. And then my NPCs in that game, I would sit and, and think about, okay, now what do I want to do with this NPC? How do I want to, you know, work my NPCs? You had memorable ones. We still talk about Robert and Connor. Yeah, Robert and Connor. Because, you know, you know, there's always, like to me in a book or a movie, there's always linchpin characters that drive a story arc that do things that, you know, shouldn't be able to be done or they they live when everybody else should die, you know. But they don't take a whole lot of camera time. Yeah. Like Master Yoda in Empire Strikes Back or Return of Jedi for that matter. Or Boba you Fett know. for that matter. But you remember them. Mm. It's like... Something about them sticks, makes them... Something about them causes them to stick with you. Yeah. And... I thought it was kind of with Mary Sue's. Boba Fett was not a Mary Sue. Boba no, no, Fett, no, 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 I'm not talking about Boba Fett. I'm talking about Robert. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, no. Now, now Robert, Robert was a Mary Sue. Yeah. Except that he only did it in kind of cinematic circumstances. <laughs> yeah. In actual combat, he didn't do anything outside the game rules, really. Yeah, he did some, he did some, some weird stuff, you know. How you can backflip fire and crossbows. Is... He was on a horse. He yeah, didn't backflip. Yeah. Pretty sure he was jumping. But, but anyway. Connor and his shovel. <laughs> Dig a hole. He seemed to know an awful lot about burying bodies, that's all. <laughs> well, that was part of his job. But uh but other than running, you know, that was your favorite one you said you ran. What's your favorite one you played? Let's see. Uh I've enjoyed several of them that you played. I played, you know, you run a lot of superhero games. Uh, yeah, I like superheroes, but I, I'm I'm almost the only person that I've run, other than your Marvel. The uh, I enjoyed the uh, uh, one we started it in one system and then switched it over to the Mutants and Masterminds. We started off in Brave New World, yeah, Brave New World, and then switched it over to the Mutants and Masterminds system where I played the uh, he he. What was the character's name? The power package in Brave New World was called Covenant. Yeah, he was a Covenant, and then I, uh, all my my character's tag was I wasn't always a, a preacher. Shepherd, I think was your yeah, name. Shepherd, was your name. Yeah, yeah. Shepherd. And uh, he had a nice little custom miniature, got it. Yeah. And uh, then uh, the other character that I really liked was uh, from Tim's game, where. Uh, <laughs> I was a uh, half elf that had been raised by orcs. Yes, I remember that one. Because it's because you were that. I'm playing some kind of half elf archer, and the Todd father is playing a. Uh, were you a sorcerer? Yeah, I was a I was a dragonborn sorcerer, but I was an elf that I heavily based off a of prince. Yeah, the prince was an elf. Yeah. Clearly, he was not the first person to have this idea, as I did find artwork online. That you know, looked the part. Yeah, yeah. He was fun. I I enjoyed uh, Peacemaker too. Just that was the one of the Brave New World. Mm-hmm. Just because I was in the middle of propaganda. Yeah, Brave New World was a it, it was a good setting with a poor system. I think switching over to M and M was a was a good idea. Yeah. Notice a lot of my characters are either bricks or the shady as hell. They can be both. Though your main Eminem, your main Newton's Masterminds character really wasn't. Well, yeah, because he's Cap. 
Yeah, he's he's tragic. That's that's Sentinel is probably about the only one that I've got that is not. But he's still kind of a brick because he'll lay you on your ass. Yeah, well, he's more of a brawler. He can heal from damage and he's hard to hit, but he don't necessarily take it real well. Yeah. Well, you know, unless he catches it on the shield. Um, I tell you another game that that uh, I enjoyed was uh, the Star Wars game where I played as the droid. Oops. Zero zero PS. I think we mostly just called you Killbot there. Yeah. Another game I enjoyed was where I ran the Star Wars game and we had the Butcher of Yavin. Yeah, that was my character. Yeah. The uh, uh, Imperial Security Droid. Yeah. Basically like the one in a Rogue One. Only, you know, years before Rogue One. Where he vented the atmosphere on a Super Star Destroyer. He only killed a few hundred or thousand people. Yeah, he killed... He was bad enough he couldn't play the... He wasn't allowed to play the character after that. Yeah. You have gained so many dark side points. Except he's a droid, so he can't really gain dark side points. Yeah, that was always my argument, was how does a droid gain dark side points? It's a droid. Truly, everybody involved in that little thing should have been unplayable if that was the case, because... Except that most of us were not involved in that part of the plan. Yeah, he, he, I'm not even 100% sure that your character was involved in that part of the plan. Not the first time, but let's be honest. <laughs> oh, that's right. Y'all, did that. y'all didn't do that to multiple We did that reason. three or four times. It was only three. I think the only three of them showed up. But, uh, Trick is, my character was, you know, borderline dark side. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, not. anytime we play Star Wars... Me yeah, and you yeah. both, the two of us, are, are like teetering, you yeah. know, like an inch away from the yeah. side. Hey, force choke. <laughs> yeah. And the way Todd over here rolls dice, I figure, well, I, my character will never beat him in a fair fight. But if he goes dark side, I need a way to take him out. <laughs> so I had a, I bought a droid. Actually, I bought multiple droids that looked the same with different specializations. And had them planting explosives on all the player ships. So at any point that Todd's character goes off the deep end, whatever ship we happen to be on, my character was playing to challenge him to a fight and basically detonate the ship mid-fight. <laughs> I'm probably not going to win this. But neither is he. But I will, you know, but I will save the universe from him. Well, that, that's one way to handle it. Yeah, that's one way to handle it. Uh, okay, let's see. We've covered how we got started in it. Covered. Favorite game? Mm-hmm. Oh, we haven't covered the Todd Father's favorite game that he ran. Oh yes, what what what's favorite game? Oh, that's right, he does. He does it. Yeah, well, he's lazy. He just yeah. shows up and yeah. plays. Yeah, show up and play. Well, that would make me have to buy a damn book. Buying a book. Well, you can borrow them. Jeez. Yeah. I was going to run a Marvel game one time. Nobody showed up for it. I said to hell with it. I spent hell weeks playing out that damn thing. Nobody showed up for it. Though. That's true. He did borrow my. He did borrow yep. my really old laptop to work on. Yep. Though I think he spent as much time playing Massive Orion on the thing as anything. I had note a notebook full of character bios and all kinds of stuff. Nobody showed up for it, so I said, the hell with it. I just played them for now. Besides, how many of them groups of bad guys have I created for you in your superhero games? Eh, he is the Kriegsteam. He really only created three or four bad guys. My favorite still being Headmaster Love. His three or four bad guys, three or four teams of bad guys. The Meditarian, all kinds of weird shit. 
He was the one that created the Longshoreman. Yeah, we. Now that was a Longshoreman. That was, that was, that was a that was a collaboration. collaboration. Yeah. But now I help. I've 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 created not only quite a few villains. I've I've taken characters, people's characters that didn't work, and fixed them. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the term Kriegstein comes from. It's a reference to the Authority comic. Yeah, which was a reference to Jack Kirby. True. Yeah, I think that was, that was, his, that was his actual name. Yeah, was his actual name. Alright, I know the answer to this. What's the longest uh, running game group you've been in? But I'm going to ask it anyway so our players can hear it. Or players, our <laughs> viewers can, uh, listeners can hear it. Todd, okay, they did viewers, listeners, and players. <laughs> hey, 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 people, we can have players listening. I don't know what the hell you people are. People that don't have lives listen to this crap. Uh, well, it's the Alliance of Unaligned Gamers, because it's the only damn group I've ever been in. Yep, that's, the, that's our Saturday group. Originally, it was just the, uh, let's see, originally we were at the comic shop. When it closed down, we moved to the bookmark. And after we'd been at the bookmark a couple of years, you had some guys put together a gaming club called Gamer Central, I think. Yeah. That you know, they had dues and they had you know positions and and they did a flag and all kinds of stuff and you know, we jokingly came up with the idea of ourselves as the Alliance of Unaligned Gamers and uh, our droid buddy here became El Presidente for life. One of the other guys became the Man at Arms. The Todd Father is the official PZ-ass head slapper. If you made a bad pun or did something really dumb, he'd take off his hat and hit you with it. That yep. was that was that was <laughs> his job. Pretty much. We have a potentate of hate. Well, that was that was not one of the original positions. No. no. That was when we started getting titles later on. But, you know, we made that joke. It kind of stuck. And the, you know, Gamer Central guys did not last all that long. I think it was two or three years before they got to be and fell apart. Yeah, surprisingly, we, we're, what, 20, 20 years old? I think we're, if, if we're not 20, we are right on the cusp of it. Yeah. Because the game originally started at the comic shop, originally playing uh, two battle games, uh, Warzone, which is kind of sci-fi with some fantasy, and Chronopia that was uh, straight fantasy. You know, kind of Warhammer, Warhammer 40K style games. And then we pl- we had played that for a year or two, and then Danny started showing up and got us to try Marvel. And then we went back and forth a little bit before we finally just kind of went RP- straight RPGs ever since. But yeah, I was 20, I think I was 25 when I started doing that. Our little late bloomer. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you need to run a game before you're 40, I mean before you're 50. I was thinking say before I'm 40, it's too late. Before you're 50, is what I mean. Yeah, well, yeah. I ain't got nothing to run. I will find you something. Yeah, that, that's okay. I, I have to find my own something. You know, I don't want to step on nobody's toes. There's plenty of stuff y'all out would, there. Y'all wouldn't like my games. Sure we would. No, no, they wouldn't because evil would probably win and all kinds of shit. That's true. The crap he was cranking out for Marvel, I'm not sure we could do good. Yeah. I played Cthulhu, you know. Evil wins in that. So it was, was, was going to be rough. I was like, well, you know what? Masters of Evil. You know, the Lethal Legion's looking a little light. I wonder if I put this person with the team. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, it, it was... <laughs> It was hellish. Because <laughs> me, as much as he likes to play quasi-evil characters, he never wants to actually be the evil mastermind. That's what he doesn't realize. The guy running the game is the evil mastermind. 
Yeah, I played the evil mastermind in the game. The last superhero game we were in, Mr. Hyde was pretty much setting well, himself up to take over the world. That was a supervillain game, but yeah, make fair fair point. Yeah, that's true. We did, we have yeah, played a game where we were the supervillains, haven't we'll, we? We'll say I was driving Danny home. Dan was like, so how long before you betray somebody? What the hell are you talking about? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, before we sign off here, Jason, uh, in the gaming thing, is there a game out there that you haven't played that you would like to play? Oh, let's see. No one. There's a lot of super games out there that I haven't tried yet. Uh, there's one called Icons that I've run a couple of one-shots in the first edition, and I've played a really, really short-lived game in the second edition that I would not mind running yet. I'm tempted, truthfully, to start uh, to, you know, to to run one as a podcast, you know, record it, basically. But I don't really know when I'd get that set up or, you know. I haven't done any of the work to get set up for that, but, but it's tempting. Uh, there was another one that came out just recently, Super Game 3rd Edition, which the original game dates back to 1980, I think. It was so complicated, you had to calculate square roots while creating your character. Sweet God. The 3rd Edition just bought the name, and I think some of the character names and stuff they used. It's a much simpler system based off of Fate. It, it, the Icons game I mentioned is also based off Fate. The two games have a lot of resemblance. How they handle powers is a bit different. But, uh, Read through it. It looked like it'd be another rules light system. I was about to say, if you have to be an MIT grad to play a, a RPG game, that that's that's above my pay grade. That's why Champions caught on in the eighties, and Super Game did not. Yeah, it, it might be interesting to uh, record one of the game sessions, but uh, I don't know. Uh, damn thing probably rated Q. Yeah, yeah. Because, cause it, With giggity here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that that could get. <laughs> that could get horrible. It'd be a yeah, lot of stuff. Consi- considering our, our our friend's character is raised by monkeys, yeah, we're, we're, you we're, go and you go and dog him out, and he don't raise you from the dead next game. Yeah, you know, that's true. Because he did die. Last our, our, our our we're play, currently playing a D and D game, and our friend is playing a he is a tiefling tiefling, which is a, which is this kind of half demon, half human, you know, crossbreed who is he from. Is, he is from India. He is a paladin of the Hindu god Hanuman, who's kind of monkey motif. He's a trickster, but he also does a lot to defend humanity from demons. John's character was raised. There is a in the Hindu beliefs. There is a uh, like a monkey people, you know, kind of thing. That's who raised John's character for the, before his village got wiped out. You know, insert tragic backstory here. You know why he wants to go out and smack people, but. uh but he really plays up being uncivilized and uncouth and makes lots of references to flinging poop. <clears throat> we haven't actually let him do that, though. But uh, he's also the healer, so. Yeah, he and John is... If, if you had flavors of ice cream and you had... Vengeful. He's vengeful. vengeful. Yeah. And the thing is, if you keep talking about him on here and he hears that, you probably need to roll up a new character. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's cut it off here before Danny gets himself in trouble. Well, hold on. Todd, is there a RPG out there that... Nope. <laughs> <laughs> he don't keep up with... He don't oh, keep up with the of things enough to know what's out there. Yeah, those well, shows to do. Uh, show up on Saturday. What the hell are we playing? Well, We're playing this. Okay, it works. 
Seventh edition Call of Cthulhu is the one that. Yeah, that's the one we kind of got on deck once D and D wraps up. Yeah, that, that's that's the one for me that I'm looking forward to running. And uh, that's all I've got. Thank you for joining us on this episode. CDO one one three here with the experience that some call Jason and Todd. Father, we'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. <laughs>